From the KLYT Broadcast Studio, this is ABQ Connect. Your input on today's topic is important to us. Join in the conversation by calling 505-338-5790 or text 505-585-LIVE. ABQ Connect. How did you get those phone numbers? <laughs> uh, we typically, you know, we kind of go right through our curriculum, our syllabus, if you will, with Ray Mondragon when we uh, cover information uh, from the Creation Science Fellowship in New Mexico and what Ray's prepared. Uh, but if you miss the number, listen, during our conversation, if you hear something you got a question about, uh, you've got a professor here ready to answer your questions. Uh, so take advantage of that. You can uh, text us. Uh, the text line is 505-585-5483, and our engineer, Jared, will bring up the text uh, um, screen to look for any kind of communication from you there. That text number, again, is 505-585-LIVE is what it is, 5483, 505-585-5483. Or call us in studio, get you on the phone, and you can do that at 505-338-5790. Before we uh, jump into today's content with Ray, there are a couple things I want to let you know about. And I always enjoy doing this, uh, letting you know about uh, things coming up in the community. If you have a free event you want others to know about, uh, let us know about it by sending the details to studio at klyt.fm. Now, one of those events coming up, uh, Calvary Church uh, is going to be uh, getting the next Man Up rally underway this Friday night. It's going to be on the west side, though, at Calvary West Side. That's Coors and Montano. Uh, and uh, here's what's happening. Uh, this Friday night at 6.30 is when it gets underway. But here, this is the really important part, guys. Uh, come as early as 5.30 for free food. Mm. Right? That's very important, right, Ray? <laughs> right, absolutely. <laughs> no, and actually, here's the really important part. Uh, we're going to be featuring a showing of Sound of Freedom uh, as well with Nick McKinley. Uh, if you're not familiar with Nick, he's the founder and executive director of Deliver Fund, a nonprofit private intelligence organization which combats human trafficking with uh, counterterrorism expertise. And they actually support law enforcement uh, partners globally. Uh, more on Nick, though. Listen, uh, he was an operative who served as a country chief for a special unit within the CIA. Uh, now, McKinley uh, witnessed not only the epidemic of child trafficking you know, within illicit markets, but also um, the unrealized opportunity to apply his understanding and training to influence this global crisis. So that's going to be really interesting to hear from uh, from Nick McKinley. Uh, and if you haven't seen or if you've seen Sound of Freedom uh, or consider someone you want to make sure sees it. Uh, bring them out to Calvary West Side this Friday night uh, by 6.30. Get there early. You'll get free food. The details are at calvarynm.church. Ray, did you get to see Sound of Freedom yet? Yes, I saw it. Uh, well, it's been a couple of years now, and okay. I would highly recommend it as well. Yeah, well produced. Uh, of course, Jim Caviezel starring in it, mm -hmm. uh, but other great actors uh, that I've seen in other productions. It has a powerful message, too. Yeah, uh, it, yeah, it, it does. It was, uh, you know, uh, spoiler. Uh, yeah, I don't want to. Uh, you'll want to go check that. Out. Essentially, it was a law enforcement agent 
um, who was doing, you know, was busting people that were involved in child pornography and then come to realize the whole trafficking thing. And well, that's in another country and their, their issue. Uh, but it really hit home with him, and it's based on a true story of an agent that that uh, went out and and dozens of children, if not more, uh, ended right. up being rescued uh, from human trafficking. And you know, we we've talked about that on this show with the New Mexico Dream Center and and others that have come in. Uh, it's a real issue, and it's not somewhere else. It's right here, Ray. Well, the value of it is uncovering what's going on here, yeah, right now, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, the, the guys from For King and Country a few, a few years ago, they had another good movie out, uh, actually filmed right here in Albuquerque uh, and in New Mexico uh, covering the subject. So, guys, man up. Uh, this uh, this Friday night, Calvary Church Westside, Coors and Montano. Uh, go to calvarynm.church for details on that screening of Sound of Freedom and the interview with, with Nick McKinley. All right, Ray, we've got plenty to talk about, but before we jump into new content, uh, give you a chance to kind of remind people where we are on the discussion uh, as it relates to creation science. Well, we're talking about the age of the earth, and just to kind of introduce it, I'd like to also just remind our audience that in every one of these sessions, we are stressing truth. We want to get at the truth. We want to know what is real, what is actually factual as opposed to propaganda or as opposed to even within science yeah. areas that uh, are theory or unsure. And really this- appreciate not only what you do to prepare for this, but if you weren't tuned in last time, uh, Dr. Russ Humphreys, uh, joined us to talk about you know exactly of, uh, where the speed of light comes into this is fascinating uh, to listen to what he's covered uh, and you can actually go back and listen to that at abqconnect.online or Ray you've got a place they can listen to it as well at for his glory nm dot com and that for is f o r for his glory nm dot com right uh, uh, but um, um, I interrupted you. So I'll let you press on with kind of a review of where we've been. Well, I gave somewhat of a introductory session, kind of giving the broad strokes of the whole issue of the age of the universe, we could say. We commonly refer to it as the age of the earth, but it also includes the entire universe because that's part of God's creation. In the beginning. God created the heavens and the earth. There you go. And, uh, the reason it's an issue is because the Bible, and this this is one of the first things we covered, seems to indicate that the universe is somewhere in the range of about 6,000 years, maybe a little more, but not much more. Some creationists would extend it to about 10, but they're just trying to allow for a lot of unknowns. But the issue is our culture And there's a lot of background that we've developed as well. Our culture holds to a universe of 14 to 20 billion years. So even those that say 10,000 fall into the young earth. Young earth, yeah. Yeah, young earthers. Uh, Now, a lot of creationists have accepted what I would describe as the evolutionary time frame. And that's the reason we have long ages is to accommodate the theory, and I don't even think it rises to the level of a theory, but the idea of evolution. 
So the issue that we've been raised, been raising is whether or not the Bible accurately portrays reality or truth or what uh, the theories of men, because nobody was there, no one was there even 10,000 years ago, much less billions of years. So you have to project back based on something you know today. And the current idea is that the earth is 4.5 billion years. So we raised the issue and looked at why it's an issue. And it's an issue because the Bible basically gives us a different time frame. And since we believe in the Bible, we want to investigate and see if we can verify that scientifically. So uh, we've been the last few weeks looking at the area of science. But leading up to that, because many hold to this view, not only unbelievers, but the majority of the church, I would say broadly, and that's because of the leaders, the majority of church leaders basically have bought into the old universe or old earth idea. They have not heard of a lot of recent science, a lot of recent studies, we had Russ Humphreys that talked, we talked about the rate program, radioisotopes and the age of the earth. And he's going to come back, by the way, I, I invited him. Remember we, we yeah. ended, we ended not. Right. Getting, he has more to talk about. Oh, he had a lot more. Oh, yeah, he, he could go on for hours, but I've got him scheduled for March. Oh, very so, good. So we're going to talk some more primarily about the conclusions that this rate committee came up with. And some of the issues that they raised, this is cutting-edge science, dealt with the age of the universe. So, uh, science, we believe, young earth scientists and creationists believe that uh, the science is there. The science is adequate to support what the Bible teaches, and it uh, indicates that the earth is thousands, not billions, of years. In fact, there's a book with that title thousands rather than billions you know before we go on and before i forget there was something you said in the midst of that uh as far as you know the, the majority of uh the body of christ the church uh holding to an old universe and putting the responsibility somewhat if not more on the leaders you mentioned <clears throat> i want to challenge the listener to be a berean yes absolutely um, and god bless the leaders we have um, that are young earth. Yeah. Yep. And, yeah. And well, God bless the ones that aren't, that aren't, that, that aren't. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, but you know, um, I don't know. I, I felt, you well, I know, think most, most leaders are unaware of the things that we're yeah. talking about here. And this yeah. is the reason we're doing it. Yeah. So it's important when you hear something, uh, and you know, the person who, you know, that stands in the pulpit every week, uh, you know, for the most part, they're working really hard and studying, uh, and uh, the intent is to uh, bring quality content. Um, uh, but at the same time, and I think you know, any good pastor, right? Our pastors should be uh, would would encourage us to be Bereans and Absolutely. take what we've been taught and hold it up to uh, the rest of Scripture uh, and and science and and absolutely and see you know see anyway. Uh, when you said that, I was like, leaders, yeah, they're, they're, and and biblically, they have a responsibility. They're gonna, they're absolutely, they're gonna be held accountable, absolutely, uh, for what they teach. 
Uh, but yeah, we yeah. want to seek the truth. We want to know what is real. And yeah. in science, what is the universe all about? And God has built into it, as we've seen, little indicators, information, actually, things that point us to not only him as creator, but things that we can study and understand to understand the world in which he's put us. Yeah. Hey, uh, just a, a real quick reminder, uh, really going to start pushing uh, uh, to get you, the listener, to be part of this conversation. And uh, you can do that. Um, you can call us at 505-338-5790. That's essentially raising your hand in the classroom when you hear something you want to mm-hmm. ask about, or, you know, if you've got a comment about, about uh, keep it, keep it nice, <laughs> keep, keep, <laughs> keep it uh, civil. Uh, both ways, we'll we'll do yep. that. Yep. Um, 505-338-5790 to call. And you can text 505-585-5483. Um, and, yeah, I appreciate you looking back at uh, some of what we've covered uh, in, in the last few Well, some weeks. of the other things that we covered kind of lead up because the church so overwhelmingly supports a, an old universe— over time, theologians have wrestled with it and tried to come up with, well, how, how do we harmonize this? I mean, we live in a world and we live in a real world. How do we harmonize the Bible? But the unfortunate thing is what has come up, except for the last, oh, 70 or so years, have been compromised views. In other words, reinterpreting the biblical text to fit what theologians have thought, well, science is settled, science is verifiable, science comes up with things that you can investigate and check out. And if they've come to this conclusion, then did we somehow misinterpret the Bible? Did we misunderstand Genesis 1? Did we uh, overlook something? So many of these compromised views, in fact, we spent a whole session discussing the various views that Theologians primarily have come up with, not scientists, but all of them have severe problems. The major problem is they compromise the Bible. You're actually, it sounds like this is some of what you'll be covering February 20th uh, when uh, you speak at the Christian Science Fellowship of New Mexico meeting the third Tuesday of each month. February 20th, uh, you'll be speaking. Yeah, I'll be presenting, but it won't be on these compromise views. Okay. What I'm going to do is... It says the, the fatal flaw of the old earth view in general. Right. Okay. I'm, I'm going to give what I believe is the fatal flaw that basically tells the believer that the old earth view is a faulty idea, is a faulty okay. idea. Uh, and by the way, since I mentioned it, and an inter- interrupted Ray again, uh, January 16th, uh, uh, Dr. Jerry Simmons is going to be in town at the Creation Science Fellowship in New Mexico. They meet at Faith Church on Central uh, at Moon, uh, the third Tuesday of each month, most months. Um, uh, but All except December. Uh, yeah, and Jerry, uh, Jerry, Dr. Jerry Simmons uh, will be talking on Dinosaur Dig in the Wyoming slash Montana Hell Creek Formation. So do you know any more about that as far as teasing it? I think he's going to... Talk about some of the evidence for a relatively young Earth. Okay. And some of the dinosaur discoveries that we're finding, not only in his dig, 
he's going to tell about the dig primarily. Soft tissue. Soft tissue. Exactly. <laughs> that, that is uh, devastating. Stayed soft for billions of years. Yeah. Devastating you know, if you've, data if you believe that. for, yeah, an old earth. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, so, uh, we're, listen, we're up against the break. Uh, but uh, right before we go to break, Ray, uh, a tease maybe. Uh, look forward at the rest of the show, what, what we'll be covering. Well, I'd like to cover three major things. I want to give an overview of where do the old earth people get a basis for the old earth. And I want to just survey that. And we've already covered some of that, actually. And then the second thing I'd like to do is take another look at radiometric dating. In other words, the broader science of radiometric dating. We looked at... uh, Carbon dating with uh, Marshall Jordan. That was what November, I think. Yeah. And the third thing, if we have time, I'd like to look at. Uh, there's other clocks besides radiometric dating methods. There's other ways of coming up with with the age, at least of the Earth, and some relate to things outside of the Earth. But there's other clocks that give a relatively young time frame. All right. Well, we will get to that uh, when we come back from the break on ABQ Connect. All right. Uh, we heard uh, that, that uh, shot the, the spot for sheology. Uh, the ladies, Thin Places study gets underway at Calvary Church uh, on Osuna, west of Jefferson, this next Tuesday night at 630. Come on out as early as 530 for other activities. And uh, look for details on the study at Sheology.com. At the beginning of our first segment, I mentioned a screening of uh, Sound of Freedom for Man Up at uh, Calvary Church Westside this Friday night. Details, again, uh, at calvarynm.church. But uh, while we're talking about screenings, there's another one uh, you'll see on that same website, calvarynm.church. The movie is called uh, Ordinary Angels. Uh, it's based, uh, well, it, listen, it's going to be a free screening. And to get information about the plot and more about the movie, go to calvarynm.church. And if you want to watch the trailer for that, go to ordinaryangels.movie. So uh, plenty of great opportunities uh, to, you know, uh, a lot of people wouldn't, you know, darken the doorway of a church. Uh, but, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, oh, it's not Sunday, you know, or it's not, you know, an off time or, uh, and oh, it's it's a movie. Sure, I'll go watch a movie or see a concert. Or a uh, great opportunity uh, to invite someone uh, to check out these various media things that are being produced, uh, and really an opportunity for us as the body of Christ to to let Hollywood know uh, what kind of content we prefer. So. Um, you know, after seeing the free screening, uh, the hope is clearly that uh, as it uh, makes its way to theaters, that uh, you'd uh, get the word out for people to check out the movie however they can. Uh, but anyway, we'll keep you informed. And if you've got an event you want to let us know about, send the details to studio at klyt.fm. And uh, Ray Mondragon is in studio with us uh, today from the Creation Science Fellowship of New Mexico. As we walk through the content today, if you have a question or a comment, call 505-338-5790. And really, do that. Our engineer, Jared, will be watching for your call or text. Uh, And actually, we already had someone uh, texting, uh, saying something about putting this event details 
um, that Ray sent out on email to Facebook. I don't know if that's uh, uh, talking about the show or talking about the um, the monthly meeting for Creation Science Fellowship at uh, Faith Church the third Tuesday of each month. Uh, but uh, yeah, if you could, uh, uh, well, just go to the website. Oh, here we, got, we, we actually yeah. we actually got a, a response. Uh, Steve Williams, uh, someone you know, Ray, uh, is listening uh, in Texas, and uh, he, he uh, did just receive uh, Facebook responses from some friends tuning in. Uh, so uh, he wants to thank you for this hour of solid biblical truth, and we thank you as well. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and thanks uh, thanks for listening in Texas, Steve. Uh, we hope uh, the stream is coming uh, strong uh, over the the app or at klyt.fm. All right, Ray, let's jump into the age of the universe. You were going to start, uh, I believe, with a survey of some of the issues. Yeah, some of the issues and where where does this idea of an old earth come from? Up until about the 1700s, essentially even the unbelieving world in general held to much closer to a biblical worldview. In other words, most people, even though they were unbelievers and didn't believe in Christ or believe in the Bible, at least they thought that maybe this was the Word of God and and maybe what it taught had some validity. And at that time, everyone was young earth. There, were, there, were, there was no such thing as an old earth view. But towards the end of the 1700s, into the 1800s, People began to think of alternative views apart from what the Bible teaches. You know, this is after the so-called Enlightenment where man was elevated in his thinking. The Enlightenment was really the entrance to darkness, I think. But anyway, during that period of time, different theories started to come up. And some of them concerning the age of the universe This is at the same time that Darwin is starting to think about evolution and this idea that, well, we can measure certain processes, like how long does it take to create a layer of sediment? And if we can just project that back. So the idea of what's called uniformitarianism, and by the way, that's going to be the topic that I'm going to deal with in February. Okay. February 20th. February 20th, yeah. yeah. So they came up with the idea, well, if we just project back these calculations that we can make today with the idea the present is the key to the past, then we can uh, perhaps come up with an age of the earth. So they came up with long periods of time and eventually billions and billions of years. So the geological column was one of the main supports and still is today for a relatively ancient and earth and universe, essentially a billion years. It's one of the places that uh, someone with an old earth view goes. Right. Um, Okay. Hey, uh, we've asked people to raise their hand. And by doing so, yeah, someone uh, to call (laughs) in at 338-5790. We have a listener who's called in. Thanks so much for calling ABQ Connect. Who's this? This is Richard from Santa Fe. Peace and blessings to you, sir. How are you? Uh, well, uh, good. I'm well. Thank you. Uh, and we appreciate you calling. Do you have a comment or a question for Ray Mondragon? I, I do, but I noticed uh, while I was waiting backstage, I, I noticed I can barely hear him at all. 
So I'm, I'm, I'm probably not going to be able to hear any response you make. Uh, so I, I think it would be wisest if I just proposed the question and hung up and listened to the radio. Very good. Let's let's try that. And, yeah, we, we're working on that connection as well. So uh, let's, uh, let's hear what you have to say. Sounds great on the air, but over the phone, I, I can't make out a thing you're saying, actually. Okay, so um, the total proposition is this that uh, I, I don't think that if you added up the number of generations and multiplied it by an actual generation, that you'd get some reasonable amount of time. And that is because, from what I understand, that the estimate of a generation used to calculate the age of the Earth through the bara, the, the, the creation, and then the begats, uh, was, was uh, estimated at 40 years, but... People don't, especially back then when people only lived about 40 years, um, you know, 3,000 years ago in the ancient Near East, um, babies were being had between ages 16 to probably 22 to 28 years old, certainly not 40 years old. And I'd like to hear his response to that. Thank you so much, and God bless you all. Well, actually, studies have been made concerning just the longevity of life of man and the generations, that sort of thing. All of those studies indicate a relatively young Earth. In fact, that's part of some of the evidence that is used to support a relatively young Earth. And that would include even including some of the evolutionary ideas of the appearance of man many thousands of years ago, some of them even a million years old. But uh, studies along the lines of generations of people, and more recently, even studies in the area of the genome and indications from uh, genetics concerning the age of mankind, all of those indicate a relatively young Earth. So uh, I don't know if he has anything else to add to that. Okay, and he, yeah, he's actually hung, he hung up so yeah. he could go listen. Which, by the way, thanks for calling from Santa Fe. It's Absolutely, good to, good to know the the signals coming in uh, good enough there. Uh, and to our listeners that are listening terrestrially uh, via eighty eight point three FM in Albuquerque specifically, uh, we've been uh, we're operating at low power, but uh, uh, thank you, Lord, for the space we have on the top of Sandia Crest. It still has a great signal in Albuquerque and clearly in Santa Fe. But in the coming weeks. Uh, should see an increase in power and reach uh, with that, and we'll let you know when that when that's done. But uh, thanks so much for listening in Santa Fe, uh, and Ray, uh, uh, we're close to we're pretty much up against a break. But let's see if we can't press on at least uh, through one or two more issues uh, that uh, um, that people who subscribe to an older theory. Uh, would yeah, they defend very heavily on the geological column. Right. That is the, the layers that you can find all over the world. Some places, like at the Grand Canyon, all the way down to Precambrian Rock is about a mile in depth. And these layers, some of them are 80 feet thick. And f- with that much accumulation, they come up with millions that add up to billions. But when we dealt with the Genesis Flood... The conclusion that we young earth creationists come to, and all of the evidence, I try to give you lots of evidence for it, the evidence points to all of the layers that are sedimentary rock, which would be from the Cambrian layer all the way to the surface, about a mile depth, 
was laid down by some might say wind, but the evidence points to water and the cumulative evidence points to a Genesis flood. So all of those layers would have been laid down within a 370-day period of time. A pretty huge event. Yes, yeah. So we spent a lot of time on it. So there's the scientific argument against the, uh, the geological column. Now, if you want to, when we come back, we're going to talk some more today about radiometric dating, and that's a major area today that they use in terms of dating and the age of the universe. All right, uh, we'll press on with our conversation with Ray Mondragon from the Creation Science Fellowship of New Mexico. You heard us mentioned February 20th. That's when he'll be speaking uh, at the Creation Science Fellowship of New Mexico monthly meeting the third Tuesday of each month at Faith Church on Central at Moon. Uh, and this month, uh, the 16th, uh, next week, Dr. Jerry Simmons on the topic of dinosaur dig in, in the Wyoming and Montana Hell Creek uh, formation. So details on that all found at csfnm.org. More with Ray Mondragon when we return from the break on ABQ Connect. All right, uh, momentarily we're going to continue our conversation with Ray Mondragon. During that break, we heard information about the Weekend to Remember event at uh, Tamaya uh, that's coming up in February uh, with Family Life. It's uh, It's been years they've been doing that. Uh, and actually, registration, they're already you know half full for the event. There's still opportunity for you to register. Uh, we had um, Tim Steele on uh, from uh, Family Life yesterday. And uh, uh, if you want to go hear more details about the what you know what that ac- accomplishes that weekend uh, and various opportunities to get uh, uh, different pricing and what have you, uh, log on to abqconnect.online. We'll probably have that posted later this afternoon, uh, the latest by tomorrow. Uh, but you can uh, go check that out. Uh, but uh, in, in the meantime, uh, you can also search weekendtoremember.org. I believe it is. Uh, and you'll find information there, including uh, uh, information about uh, scholarship for pastors to attend uh, the the conference is paid for, not the lodging, the conference. Uh, so all that information on that show, uh, Jim Williams covered with uh, Tim Steele from Family Life. And again, well, we should have that posted at abqconnect.online later today uh, by the latest uh, by tomorrow. So uh, go check that out and join us tomorrow in the 1 o'clock hour on ABQ Connect. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll catch up with the Rio Grande Foundation. We hope you'll tune in and, and hear that. Today we're catching up with Ray Mondragon uh, on the age of the universe. And and uh, we've, we're currently going through a survey of some of the issues, some of the things that uh, old earthers uh, would use to defend uh, their stance on the age of the earth or the age of the universe. And we uh, we looked at a geological column already today. And, Ray, I think it sounded like you were ready to move on to take a look at radiometric dating. Yeah, I'd like to focus again on it. Now, we already had something of a session on a subset of the broader radiometric dating. Remember, what was it, November, Marshall Jordan? We had a discussion on uh, carbon dating, which is also a radio a, a method of radiometric dating. But there are other methods that can be used and are being used, and these are probably the main areas of support by the old Earth people. So, um, first of all, people might be wondering. Uh, 
how do you date these rocks? When we talked about radiometric dating or carbon dating, uh, carbon dating with uh, carbon-14, which is uh, radioactive and decays, and you can measure the de decay and the rate and come up with a date. Uh, but you have to have living material. In other words, it's as on a basis of when did that that creature or tree or whatever was living, when did it ceased to take in this carbon-14? And then since that death, then uh, the process of decay, and you can measure that. So, but, you, but you have to have... But there's a lot of assumptions. Yeah, right. Yeah, and I'm going to get into some of the assumptions on that. In fact, we talked a little bit about that with yeah. Marshall. So that's just a subset, but there's other ways of measuring radiometrically or radioactively, you might say also. And they use these methods. For example, there's the uranium-thorium-lead process. Uranium decays into thorium and then eventually decays into lead. And you can measure the, the half-life, if you will, and then use that in your calculation. There's also another method called rubidium-strontium. It's another method. Rubidium will, radioactive rubidium will decay into strontium. Another one that's more commonly used is potassium argon. Now, argon's a gas. Keep that in mind. So potassium will decay into argon, and you can use the same process that they use. And there's others, but uh, these are the ones that are more, most commonly used and most commonly known by, by people that do or study in these areas. But your audience might be curious, how do, how do you date these rocks? Well, it's interesting, and you should note that it's not anything in terms of the physical appearance of a rock that is used. Nothing internally in terms of the structure, that's not used. Nothing in terms of the mineral content of the rock, that's not a basis for dating the rocks. It's not even the adjacent rocks, although in some way the relative uh, placement of where that rock came out of, that is used to some extent. And you might even say, well, radiometric, well, that is one way. But the primary way is none of the above. The primary way is where does this rock sample come in relationship to the fossils contained in the layer that that rock came from? That is the bottom line, and that is the driving dating method is fossils. So that goes back to the geological column. So that goes back to all of the problems of using the geological column if it was laid down by a Genesis flood. So the present is not the key to the past if, in fact, there really was a Genesis flood. And I gave the overwhelming evidence for a Genesis flood. And if that's the case, then the fossils are not an indicator. The fossils are an indicator of the judgment of God, an indicator of death being imposed on that entire generation. I think we should reiterate, you know, you brought up the flood a couple of times. Uh, when you say the evidence of a Genesis flood, you're talking about a worldwide catastrophic flood. Absolutely. Not a regional. Not a local flood. Right. Yep. 
which is I'm learning Ray. Yeah, I'm it's take, still <laughs> taking some notes. But that view is the prevailing church view yeah. amongst church leaders, churches, that denominations. It, that it was not a worldwide that it was a it was a local flood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the evidence supports a worldwide flood. So does the Bible. So, well, that's why we believe it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. So let's take a look at this broader radiometric dating method that is used that could include any one of these, including carbon dating. The first thing that we need to understand is, obviously, nobody was there billions of years ago. So you have to introduce... I know someone who was... Who was well, there. yeah, there was one. <laughs> <laughs> have to I, go there. Well, absolutely. That's <laughs> where we go. Uh, no human. <laughs> Sorry, Ray. Squirrel. <laughs> no one that was created was there. So anytime you're dealing with anything in the past, whether it's 100 years ago or... In this case, people think billions of years. You have to make assumptions. So there are some crucial assumptions that we as believers and young earth people need to emphasize. So let's go over some of them that uh, come into play when you use any of these radiometric dating methods. First of all, you have to know, otherwise you don't have accurate readings, if you don't know any one of these, and it's like a, a stool you uh, with legs. Let's imagine a, a three-legged stool. You take one leg out, and what happens to the stool? It's going to fall over. It's going to topple. Unless you're a really good balancer. That's right. <laughs> so any one of these could invalidate the whole thing, and in fact... The results, I think, of the rate committee that radioisotopes and the age of the Earth group showed that every one of the legs has some problems with them. The first one is you have to know the initial quantities. If you don't know the initial quantities in terms of the radiometric material in the the rock. So there's some assumptions being made there. Some assumptions are being made and some calculations are made they try to overcome it with what are called isochrons but uh, in in reality you can't actually be certain that you have come up with initial quantities it's an attempt it's a calculation and it has assumptions as well secondly the rate of decay is assumed to be constant And that rate group actually demonstrates that all of these dating methods, actually, the rates are not constant. And that rate group, uh, uh, you're referring to uh, Dr. Russ Humphreys. Russ Humphreys, John Bob Gardner, Vardaman, several others that were part of that, that group that included geophysicists, geologists, geochemists, physicists like Russ Humphreys, geophysicists like John Baumgartner. Uh, they have evidence that radiometric dating has not been a constant. And by the way, the only measurements that we have in terms of the entire science of radiometric dating is only about 100 years of data, maybe a little bit more than that, but not much more. And when you're talking about billions of years, you're talking about a, a tiny percentage 
So you don't have a lot of data points. And it seems, in fact, from the 100 years, it appears that they are constant. But when you take into even things like the Genesis flood and the rate group uh, takes into consideration that that was a real event, uh, that would skew all of the numbers. So the rate is not constant. It has, in fact, there's evidence that it has changed. And the rates that you measure today are not the same even a few thousand years ago. Another assumption, a third one, is you've got to assume that no radiometric material was introduced during this millions and millions of years of time. And there's no way to verify that. I mean, there's nobody there to observe, and there's no way of detecting if something was added or anything was lost. There might have been something lost as a result of some event. A fourth assumption, it assumes a closed system. In other words, everything confined within certain parameters. And again, you can't regulate all those parameters. And there's actually, in science, it's a theoretical concept. In reality, there's no such thing as a closed system. Uh, you can create a laboratory that creates a closed system, but in nature... Uh, you don't have a closed system. So all four of those assumptions have problems. And if you have these problems, then it introduces all kinds of uncertainty in terms of the end product. And that's what creation scientists point out and show that when you come up with these dates and discount a Genesis flood, discount the fall of man, something radical took place at the fall of man as well that affected the whole universe. And obviously, if you discount God as the creator that created all things in a relatively short time, uh, then these rates are not at hey, all constant. You know, I'm glad you brought that up. We often talk about the flood. Uh, but yeah, clearly something very different. Very radical. Uh, happened. Uh, we have weeds now <laughs> uh, and other things. Uh, but... Uh, um, well, yeah. the, cre the creation itself was affected, and there's indicators. Uh, I think we talked a little bit about that. I'm going to talk some more. In fact, some of that I'm going to bring out in that uh, February talk that I'll be doing. All right. Well, uh, we're, is, got is a good time a to break? Go? Yeah. yeah. Uh, we're up against a break. If you just tuned in, we're visiting with Ray Mondragon. Uh, in addition to being part of the Creation Science Fellowship of New Mexico, uh, Ray's a, a professor at Chafer Seminary. Uh, and information on the seminary can be found where, Ray? Chafer.edu. And we're starting a new semester. So uh, we're taking applications for classes it's just like it sounds c-h-a-f-e-r dot e-d-u and you teach uh, what at chafer well i generally teach hermeneutics but uh, we had a problem with the course i was going to teach and i'm not teaching it this semester okay be, but there's several others that are excellent courses all right well uh we're privileged to have you in studio covering this information for us and we're going to continue with more right after the break on abq connect you know, between now and probably the first week or so in February, we're going to let you know about various courses that you can take, many of them at no or little cost, uh, to sharpen your relationship with the Lord and uh, be an uh, effective uh, citizen uh, where you are, a biblical citizen. 
uh, and uh, and much, so much more. Uh, so many other uh, life courses. We're talking about uh, those at Calvary Church, and then other courses uh, that are offered at uh, some other fellowships, uh, including tomorrow night. Fresh Start for All Nations. It's a, a completely free course to take it. Uh, now, the, the the venue for that will be at New Covenant Church in Albuquerque. That's Paseo del Norte between Wyoming and Louisiana. Uh, it's tomorrow night at 6.30. And uh, the course is designed to help people move forward in life by experiencing the practical, powerful process of forgiveness. And you'll find, yeah, you may have to look around on the site, but you'll find information. It's it's in their support group uh, uh, section of their website at nccabq.org. That's New Covenant Church's website, nccabq.org. And information on the course that's uh, available, uh, freshstartallnations.org. You may go there to find out more about uh, what will be covered, freshstartforallnations.org. It starts tomorrow uh, at 6.30, but it'll be, it'll be Thursdays uh, for the next several weeks, and you can jump in any time. We're going to have them on the show uh, later, I think this month, uh, to talk about it. Even though We just didn't get a chance to get them in here before the, uh, the next one started. Uh, but uh, tomorrow night, uh, New Covenant Church in Albuquerque on Paseo uh, between Wyoming and Louisiana uh, at 6.30, the fresh start for all nations. Uh, and, you know, if your church is doing something like that, like the, the Creation Science Fellowship of New Mexico meeting that happens at the third, third Tuesday of every month at Faith Church uh, on Central and Moon, uh, Ray and I were talking off the air. You know, there's so many opportunities uh, to go and and grow and learn uh, and uh, prepare yourself for conversations you may be having with other people on these various topics. There's, I mean, there's really no excuse. We were saying <laughs> off the air, Ray, uh, to uh, right. to say, uh, well, I didn't, you know, I didn't have a way to to learn this stuff. Uh, you know, some people retain information a lot better than others, but you know, uh, at very least, opportunities are there. Uh, and if you have one of those opportunities for other people, I was getting to say. Send the information to us, uh, studio at klyt.fm. We would love to be a megaphone to the community for you to let them know about your free event, a no-cost event. We'd love to know about it. All right, Ray, uh, uh, back to uh, where you left off uh, on um, some of the assumptions that are made uh, in some of the areas that people are using to support an old earth uh, uh, belief and, uh, and, and some of those assumptions that really lead to inconsistent findings. Well, uh, yeah. In fact, uh, when you actually do the measurements and you compare with other data, you find out that there's a lot of inconsistency in the results. Now, we did talk I should have mentioned when I mentioned some of these other dating methods, we, we talked about that carbon 14 dating and we mentioned that the half life is 5,730 years. So that can't be used to date things that would be more than several thousand years. And I think the outside limit is somewhere, I don't know, 50,000 or maybe even higher than that. But, 
once you get beyond or even beyond the 5,700 year uh, half-life, uh, you're already introducing some possibility of error. Now, Ray, I want you to know we got about three minutes. So with that time, Ooh, wow. uh, yeah, uh, make sure you, you okay. communicate what you'd like. So other methods are needed in order to come up with the dates that we mentioned in terms of the billions of years. But when you apply the actual measurements and compare to things that are relatively known, for example, there's a sunset crater in northern Arizona that buried an Indian village, and there are some people that obviously are descendants of those that died and they have traditions, some of them written, and uh, they, they, in their records, date the, the burial of that Indian village 900 years ago. But when they dated the rocks using potassium argon, they came up with half a million years. So and this is one where they know. Right. Uh, well, they have some certainty. In yeah. other words, they're talking about something that took place. I mean, it couldn't be double 900 right. years. Right. But the potassium argon of the rocks, the dating is in the hundreds of thousands of years. More recently, the uh, Mount St. Helens, which was observed right. and we seen. Yeah. And we know that... Uh, the last geological upheaval there was in 1986. And, and it, that, really, that yeah. actually caused some old earthers to go, oh, oh wait a minute. <laughs> I saw things happen there in minutes or yes, hours yes. that if I had I come upon it, uh, I would have uh, told you, I believe this is millions of years to make this happen. Uh, Ray, we're, we're basically out of time, and I want to make sure before we go uh, that, again, people know about the Creation Science Fellowship meeting, yep. third Tuesday of the month. Uh, it'll happen on the 16th, next Tuesday, at Faith Church on Central at Moon, csfnm.org for details on that. And the next time uh, we have you on next month, Ray, uh, you're, well, uh, you know, we're welcome to pick up and talk about more about, about these assumptions mm -hmm. uh, and inconsistent readings. But also, uh, we'd hope to get to it today. We didn't. Uh, you mentioned some of those other time clocks. Yeah, there there are many ways of measuring yeah. past time, for example, and so, many of them, not all of them, but many of them, yield a relatively young Earth. So I'd like to introduce some of them because these are scientific calculations and would, studies that can be made i would welcome you to introduce some some of them and and we'll go through that uh in february ray again thanks so much for your time uh, i mentioned chafer uh c-h-a-f-e-r dot e-d-u ray your website again for his glory nm.com okay uh details or this show is archived there as well as at abqconnect.online and we'll do this again uh next month in february ray thanks again thank you and thanks for listening to abq connect coming up tomorrow don't miss information from the rio grande foundation on 88.3 fm